This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Everybody, it is your hostesses with the mostesses, Zoe George and Michaela Preston. You're tuned in to 729 AM. We're going to be with you guys until 8 o'clock and you're listening to 180 Degrees. Woohoo! Yes. We are here today, this evening. It's such a vibe. Guys, if Zoe started with the hostesses, <laughs> with the mostesses, you know you are in for a show. But you guys, I'm just excited for the new month. You know the months of September, October and November... And December, December actually, they are the most fun months, especially Why because is it spring. December? Because it's December. <laughs> December. It's a fun month, you guys. guys Zoe's a- culture's coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lifestyle, and I'm glad that I started exams today, actually the third. But by the time we get to December, girl, <laughs> it's my last holiday as a student, so I am going to be having. I'm going to be seeing my friends who I haven't seen because I've been studying. I'm going to be going places and then I'll finally be able to do what I did this weekend. Guys, it sounds like (laughs) Zoe needs a jail-free card. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Yes, but you guys, you're in for such a fun-filled show. We have a very interesting what I did this weekend. Michaela is just living her best life, you guys. You want to stick around for that? Well, I have to, Zoe. Exactly. I'm glad to hear and see it, though. We have a cool tip that Michaela has because she just has big brain energy and knows all the coolest things ever. The interview today, we are going to be talking to a woman who runs a non-government organization that looks off the immigrant immigrants rights it's for migrants by migrants it's a truly inspirational organization anyone listening there who knows anyone struggling might want to benefit from this if you are unable to listen to us live but we will recommend that you do that you can listen to the podcast on our website www.kpulpit.co.za and we have some interesting bible related facts and quizzes for you guys you don't want to miss it at all Woo! yes So let's just take a short break as we listen to some music to get our blood rushing and pumped for the show. And then we'll be right back with What I Did This Weekend. So what I did this weekend. Guys, I would ask Zoe what she did this weekend, (laughs) but I got a feeling it's studies. That is exactly it. I mean, I started... The exam period started today, fam. I had to spend this weekend studying. There was nothing to do. Okay, so let me save <laughs> Zoe on that one. So, guys, I'm, I've been living my best life with Zoe so that you guys have experiences to do and enjoy. So, this weekend was, if you know about it, it's called Cabo Beach Club. So it used to be Shimmy's Beach Club, but they've changed it up, sprinkled it up, made Mm. it more glam and called it Cabo. Yes. And the vibe is pretty much like, you know, your sandy beach and the dining tables are outside as well as inside. So you get to choose where you want to sit. But then you have this stunning view of the sea. And then they also have a side where the DJs are so that you can enjoy awesome music. And they have an upstairs that is like hooden kind of base, so that if you want that, you know, incline view, yeah. you got that vibe going. And then they have a pool. 
So a lot of mothers go there with their kids as well and they let the kids play in the pool. But it's such a vibe. Honestly, you get your pizzas, your sushi, your seafood and it's fresh. The food is amazing. It is good. The music is awesome. You're chic, Hmm. you know? Yeah. And the time I went there, I legit took off my shoes. (laughs) Guys, I had to enjoy that sand. I'm not going to lie. And I put my feet in the sand, had my meal. And just enjoyed the ambience that was coming through. Yes. Wow. You know, I only went there when it was still Shimmy's a couple years ago for a friend's birthday dinner. And, you know, Shimmy's was nice, but Cabo already sounds like it's a bit nicer, more upmarket. And I mm. would love to go. It sounds like a cool, vibey place. They definitely just like classified Shimmy's mm. and gave it this um, how can I say this chic feel? Mm. There's a lot of browns, you know, yes. your nude colors running through. And mm. it's like that warmy feel. And then there's like this little booth that everybody takes pictures of. Guys, Ooh. if I could show you this picture I took of me there. And it's like the famous thing. Like if you went to Cabo, you have to take a picture there mm. so that you can join the Cabo Club. <laughs> so uh, myself and Ziggy, we definitely went there and took pictures there and obviously uploaded, got so much likes and linked Cab- Cabo to it. It was it was awesome. It was a definitely awesome experience. It's it's something you want to go to in summer. Definitely. Ooh, okay. We're heading into summer next exactly. month. So that's pretty good timing. Definitely the place to go uh, for summer. Um, like I said, the vibe is awesome. There's They're always down December. They have like a DJ come in, different DJs, so that your music, your vibe is playing, running through. Food is amazing. You know, the energy is good there and it's the place to be. Mm-hmm. Price-wise, they are not as expensive as many others. They are reasonable. Let's put it mm, as that. Okay. Mm. I love that. I can definitely go then. And I'm sure many of the people listening in are excited to go. I feel like I've been making you a list of places to go. To you Zay. really have. Like after these exams are over, I'm there. Like I'm going to. <laughs> so we will definitely re look at these places and hear Zoe's perspective of these places, guys. Yes. But oh, thank you so much for that. That was so fun. Can't wait to try it. <laughs> In November. But for now, let's just go into the tip. I'm so excited to hear what Michaela has for us today. So, guys, today's tip. Now, you know how they say, Zoe, sleep is crucial and it helps with many things. Mm. But they never explain how to sleep. I know Mm. that sounds a bit weird, but... No, but it's like everyone thinks, yeah, you know, I've been sleeping my whole life. I know how to sleep. And then you're like, also, I have neck problems. And I'm sure that's got nothing to do with the way I sleep. Exactly. And it tends to have a lot. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced where you lay incorrectly and Mm. your nose starts blocking up. I think so, actually. Yeah. That has happened to me so many times. So the cause of that is actually the wrong pillow that you sleep on. So if you have those more firmed pillows that actually holds the neck really well, that would not happen. You won't get a cloggy nose in the morning or... uh, it actually helps with the flow of everything, the mucus through your body. So that's a good, uh, you know, sleep tip, as well as sleeping on your side and back mm, yeah. actually relaxes the spine. Hmm. And so you don't have as much back problems when you wake up. I can confirm that one. I've been sleeping on my back. I was having issues a couple of months ago and 
I started sleeping on my back inside. I can't I can't do my stomach, man. That's that's just uncomfortable. Funny enough, I get more comfortable when I sleep on my stomach. Really? I'm not even gonna lie, especially if there's a heated blanket under me. Okay, that's I'm like, hey now. Okay, I get stomach, that. Stomach, here we come. Mm-hmm. Low shedding doesn't get that one, but I get that one. <laughs> Thank you, Zoe, for that one. Uh, But guys, the best way to sleep is actually on your side and back. And like I said, it does kind of help release any um, pain or frustration in the spine. And it causes you to sleep more comfortably. Mm. And I've never known that till right now. So I should take my own advice this time. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty fantastic. eh? I think I might try that tonight, though. But even though I already do sleep on my back and side, but like my pillow, it's kind of—it's not a firm pillow; it's a soft pillow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You'll see that you'll sleep much better on a more firm pillow on a more firm pillow, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, just a random tip, personal random tip: if you actually sleep sleep on a sleek um, silk sheet. It helps with your hair. I've heard that one. Yes, it's like the whole um, reasoning behind why women wear like bonnets. And yes, stuff. it's really yes. good for your hair. Sleep silk um, pillowcases are also yeah, really good because go. your hair, I, I believe, can hook onto cotton, and then you can lose a lot of hair that yeah. way. So it's best because I don't think that problem even exists with silk. And like if you just showered and blew out your hair, and mm. then you're laying on a silk sheet, uh, sheet uh, pillowcase. Sorry. It either it it kind of smoothens out the hair. So you mm. when you wake up, guys, you're not looking at that. I woke up like this problem. <laughs> you actually look really cool. Hmm. Wow. Mm. But yeah, that's been some fun, great silk and sleep based tips <laughs> to look into. We just mix, mixed it all up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow because it's a bit late now. I'm gonna go to the mall and like find a silk pillowcase cover for my pillow for my hair when I take it out because my corners are still looking good. Mm, that's looking fine, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Let's go straight on into the interview, you guys. Like I mentioned before, we're speaking to a very inspirational woman. She's the chairperson of an immigrant organization called Tusimani Wanawake. They are doing amazing things. You guys don't want to miss this one. Let's just listen to this song, and we we will be right back with the interview. So we just came back from a fantastic music break, but it really soothed you guys' nerves because we're going to start a very fantastic interview. Like I said in the beginning of the show, we're speaking to an inspirational lady. She is the head of an immigrant organization run here in Cape Town. As we all know, immigrants are a minority group of people living in South Africa, but in any country, really. And This group is a group made for immigrants, by immigrants, looking after immigrant issues, talking about things that help them, lobbying for rights that we may not have. As an immigrant, this organization, you know, they really, it's close to my heart because sometimes we are overlooked and this this organization says, hey, Look at the immigrants. We're going to look after them. And you guys don't want to miss this. We have Mrs. Tolulala George on the line. She's a fantastic woman, a pastor, a writer. Um, She has courses, a parenting coach. But she is today going to be talking to us as the head of Tusiwani Wanawake. And I just like to say, good evening, ma'am. How are you doing? Good evening, Zoe. I'm doing very well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you for having me on your show. Honestly, the pleasure is all mine and Michaela's. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah, I was just about to say, I feel so excluded. <laughs> Hi, Miss George. How are you doing? 
I'm very well, thank you, Michaela. So Great to meet you on the phone. Likewise, Finally. likewise. Can't wait to meet you in person, though. I have so yeah. many things to say about Zoe. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. if you guys haven't seen by now, um, the leader is my mother, actually. A very fantastic woman. <laughs> so I'd like to ask you the question that I believe is on everyone's mind. What does the name Tusimani Wanawake mean? Tusimani Wanawake is actually a Swahili word, which means stand up women. That's, Literally. That's amazing, stand up women. I believe this organization, is, most of the members are women, right? It's actually focusing on migrant women yes. in South Africa. Migrant women. Yes. Oh, wow. So um, how did this organization come about? Well, around about um, earlier on in the year, you know, a couple of us got together and we said that, look, migrant women have peculiar challenges mm. that people may not understand. Only a migrant woman would understand the peculiar challenges that we face. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're legal, non-documented, you know, if you're professional, if you're, you have very little education, we all face a peculiar set of challenges. And only we can understand how to solve those problems, how to try to find solutions, because we're somewhat, um, how do I put it, we're somehow vulnerable in a strange country, which is becoming increasingly hostile towards migrants in general. So we now said that, look, women face trouble and all that, and there's lots of stuff going on to help women out. But we also want to speak particularly for the migrant woman who struggles to get accurate information, who is away from her support group at home, and who is, is lost in a strange culture. You know, so we want to stand up for them. We want to speak with them. We want to address their problems and try to work together to find solutions together as women. Wow. Those are some really amazing yeah. things you do. Oftentimes, like I mentioned before, migrant women are overlooked both and they have many barriers they have to face both as immigrants, as mm -hmm. women, as women yeah. of color. And yes. yes. And those are not big. Those are big barriers to have to get over. Yes. 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 So yeah. I'd like to ask, like you just mentioned all the things you do for the woman, but how do you go about doing them? Like, is it through various um, meetings and through rallies or how do you go about doing these things you do for migrant women? Well, first of all, we want migrant women to have um, information, mm. proper information about things that you and I take for granted. Things like documentation, mm. how to be legal in the country. Many women don't know how to be legal in the country. And it's very easy to slip into becoming an undocumented member of the society. Yes. So we want to educate women on how to, uh, you know, on how to stay legal, on how to get the right uh, information about their documentation, their immigration documentation, that is, you know, and then, because there are many Shylocks out there, mm. we also want to, because you see, at the end of the day, this uh, migrant uh, group consists of women from all over Africa. And the truth of the matter is that it doesn't matter where you're from, Rwanda, Burundi, Nigeria, Ghana, 
our problems are the same. South Africa doesn't care if you're from whichever country. In their eyes, we are all foreigners. And we all face the same problems because the African culture is largely the same in many ways. Mm. So we all face the same kind of problems. We're all facing the same challenges. And uh, so we have to come together and speak as a block and speak as a group. Mm. And maybe when we come together, government will take notice and understand our challenges and help us partner with us. We can partner with them to find help and solutions. Mm. Wow, that is awesome, Mrs. George. How, well, what is the reason that you are only focusing in, on women and not just like men and women and kids all together? Like what, what drew you to just, you know, focus on women? The reason why we're focusing on migrant women is because migrant women are very, very marginalized. And I'll tell mm. you the different levels of marginalization. First of all, many of us, we are here in South Africa because our husbands brought us here. Mm. You understand? Mm. So we, it wasn't our choice. It wasn't our decision. Someone else took the decision and we came yeah. with the person here. So we are marginalized, first of all, because we come from a patriarchal background. Mm. So the husband is the boss man in the house. Mm. You understand? Mm. Many women don't understand much about their human rights. Mm. So we come from patriarchal backgrounds, number one. Number two, we are women. Number three, we are black women. Mm. Number four, we are foreigner black women. Mm. You understand? So we have like four different layers of vulnerabilities which we face. Mm. And many times in men, you know, in South Africa, many of the women are more enlightened. They are more exposed. They have a working knowledge of their human rights. The same doesn't apply to a woman from, say, DRC. Mm. She doesn't really know her rights. She doesn't care. She doesn't know what is available to her. She only knows what her husband tells her. Mm. You understand? So that's the reason why I want to focus on them so they don't slip through the, tra- through the cracks. Yes. So that they can, because if the woman is affected, then her children are affected. Very mm. true. <laughs> you understand? Mm. So if you help the woman, then, in a, you know, you have inadvertently helped her children as well. Yeah. You know, so we want to empower the women, give them access to information, facilitate skills development, help them to integrate through social cohesion. We want to help them to sh- help them to deliver um, to develop leadership skills and independence, so that they know how to function maximally mm-hmm. within their own sp- peculiar space. Yes. No, that's beautiful and amazing. And it's amazing to see that there are organizations that focus on, you know, like you said, very marginalized people, like Mm. four layers of discrimination potentially at their like forefront. I would like to ask you another question, a bit more of a personal one. But what drew you to this? Like, how did you know that this was a position you would be right for and that you wanted to do? The truth of the matter is that I had joined the organization as an ordinary member. And I was um, in the steering committee. I did my bit. And I was then asked by the leadership to step up as a coordinator mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. You understand? Yes. And it was almost like a decision that was taken. You know, <laughs> the funny thing is a lot of things that have happened in my life have been things that I literally fell into. It <laughs> fell on my lap somehow. I didn't have very much to do with it, you understand? (laughs) 
So, but when I looked at it, I really have a passion for women who don't know what to do. Mm. And I see them every day. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to go about it. They get cheated. People mm. don't realize that immigration officials scheme out a lot of money from people. Mm. Meanwhile, there's so much information out there that I have that many other people have that we can make available to people, other women who don't know what to do. So I was very drawn to it. I first of all started as a member, then I started as a steering committee member, and then now I was appointed the coordinator. You understand? And because it's something that is quite dear to me, I want migrant women empowered because I know the struggles that I had when mm-hmm. I first came into South Africa. And I would like to see if I could help someone out there to not go through the same struggles that we went through. Mm. Wow. Mm. That is so awesome. Um, what is actually the challenges you face in helping these women? The challenges we face is that, first of all, a lot of people have heard a lot of women. Mm. A lot of people who come out, oh, we want to help you. So there's a bit of distrust. Mm. You understand? A lot of people have shown up, oh, we want to help women. And then they end up using them for photo ops and disappear into thin air. So there's a bit of distrust, number one. Number two, many women are very, uh, they're very docile. Yes. So they don't see themselves capable of stepping up into leadership position, even personal leadership, to take the right decisions on their own behalf. They're afraid to take the right decisions for themselves and for their children. They don't even, even if they knew the right thing to do, they won't do it. Mm. So many, we have to like bring women out of their shell and then convince women to try and work together. Let the Rwandan woman work with the Zambian woman and so on and so forth. Let's work together so that we don't have clicks. Mm. So, that we don't, it's, so that we are not just building something for one section of Africa. Yes. It's something that encompasses the whole of Africa. Yes. Wow, that is that is amazing. I didn't I didn't even think about the the fact that many of these women might just you know not I'm not gonna say trauma of like being lied to and used, but like that there might be this distrust mm. and even like the docileness mm-hmm. of many women, which is actually very true. Not not everyone is <laughs> very assertive, but yeah, mm. that's that's really amazing. What is what are yeah. some of the best parts about doing this for you? For me, the best part about doing this at the end of the day is the fact that I get to make a real change Mm. in somebody's life, a real change, that I look at someone and the person was struggling, and after we have intervened in the person's situation, the person has knowledge. Mm. I'll give you a typical example. At one of our first meetings, there was a lady there who was pregnant, Mm. and she didn't know that she could still get help from the hospitals, even though she was not, uh, she was not, uh, what South African? she was not South African. She didn't know that she could receive free help because she was poor. She was struggling financially. Mm-hmm. And she, this woman was maybe about five months pregnant and she hadn't even registered anywhere for antenatal. Mm. She had no idea what she was going to do because she, because she didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And we were able to help her. And I just heard that two weeks ago, she had her baby. Aww. We were able to help her. Tell her that, no, go to a hospital. This and this is what you should do. This and this is what you should ask them. And she did. And they helped her. 
she was very well helped. And now she's had her baby healthy because she got the right information. So the ability to make positive change in someone's life through giving them information, through giving them access to skills is a very big thing for me. Mm, that's amazing. That, that's how you can usually tell when someone is in the right field, when they say mm. that the satisfaction of seeing that their efforts have helped someone tangibly like that is mm. reason enough to stay. That's that's when you know that they're in the right field. Mm. So I'd like to ask, are there any like events or meetings that you guys have <laughs> planned this year that people can participate in? Or if anyone listening wants to become a part of mm. Tusimami Wanawake, how can they do that? If someone wants to become a part of Tusimami Wanawake, you can give me a call on um, 081 381 6212. You can give me a call. Yes. And, you know, do, and uh, you can also send us an email. Or, on, although, unfortunately, I don't have the email. We're struggling to get it up and running. Hmm. But let me see. Oh, that's fine. The call is sufficient. Yes, the call, send me a WhatsApp and then you'll find me very easily. Yes. But do you send guys me have a WhatsApp? I will, I will respond. Mm hmm. Do you guys have any exciting events planned for the rest of the year? Yes. We'll be launching our event, our group, very soon. We've also got, um, I'll be speaking in Pretoria next week, mm. you know, addressing mm. the, human, the United Nations Women's Organizations, introducing our group to them, talking about what we do. And um, we've, also, we've also got, like, talk shows planned, like, to get some department officials you know, out who we can uh, talk to about very important information. For example, this Zimbabwean thing, the mm. government talks about how the ZEP holders have to regularize. So we are going to have a talk show in which they come to tell the Zimbabwean people how can they regularize their documentation. Mm. Yes, that is fantastic. I have one final question from my side. Michaela will probably have some questions of her own. <laughs> but I'd like to ask if you have any advice for anyone listening, general advice or advice that is immigrant-specific. Both are welcome here. The advice I would like to give is if you're a woman, find us, partner with us. We don't discriminate where you're from. Mm. And... Join this organ, join this movement, because it is when you're a member of the movement that you have access to all the information. There's a lot of stuff going on out there, which even migrants can benefit from, but you may never know because you're sitting in your little corner of the world, refusing to socialize. So come out, join Chisimami Wanawake, and you'll find out a lot of information. For example. A couple of weeks ago, we recommended a couple of people to go for skills training on how to sew. We recommended a lot of a couple of people on how to get some food for their families. So if you join this movement, you will have access to those kind of information and you'll get help that you need. Mm. Oh, that is that is awesome. So I just want to know, with this organi organization, is it just um, situated in Cape Town or... Like, because I mean, there's a lot of my um, immigrants 
all over, like especially Joburg yeah. and so forth. So I, I want to know, are you guys just based in, in Cape Town? We're starting in Cape Town, but we're extending to Durban, Johannesburg and all over the country eventually. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. And is there anything that we as the public can do to help you um, uh, speed up that pro- that process? Because we were, I mean, it, I can hear that it's such an awesome movement. And I know how difficult it is for immigrants, um, you know, especially in government, for them to get certain qualifications and proper jobs and, and things like that. And it, it, sometimes it's so painful when you hear the struggle that uh, immigrants go through. And I mean, me that is a citizen from uh, South Africa, how do I help you guys? What you can do to help us is if you know someone who is a migrant, encourage them to join the movement. Mm-hmm. There is more. Uh, there is more power when many people are speaking together. True. Yeah. And if you know how you can help us in any way, for example, if you have access to someone in government, you can tell us who we can talk to. You mm-hmm. know, if you know of someone who can help the, you know, the organization at a policy level, mm-hmm. we can all gather together because at the end of the day, we are all Africans, mm-hmm. and we should be our keepers. So you may not be able to give money, but you know someone in government, a mm. policymaker, who you can introduce us to, to at least come and give us a talk or give us some information or give us some help, help us to access some part of government, not necessarily to get money off of government, but at least information. Mm. Th- that information is always key. Yes, you know, it definitely is. And oh, this is such an awesome thing to be a part of like an organization to be a part of and i hope that the listeners this evening they hear your heart and they hear what you're doing and just want to get involved mm. Mm. yeah yeah mm. well thank you so much ma'am mrs mrs george for coming to speak to us about everything you're doing thank you for doing this for having the heart and actually going out and helping women who are in need and helping this organization, doing all the speeches, everything you're doing. It's fantastic and you're a godsend. Thank you so And she's very not much. just so saying that because she's your daughter. <laughs> I stand with her. You are godsend. Thank you so much, Michaela. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Zoe. I appreciate you too. Yes. We... Not just because you're my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We totally and completely appreciate you talking to us this evening and we'd love to have you in studio in the future. It would be amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much and God bless you all. God bless you too. Bless you too. We are hot off the trails of a fantastic interview. We're talking about immigrant rights. We had the head of an immigrant organization for migrants, by migrants, Tusimani Wanawake. We had Mrs. Tolilola George in studio. If you guys missed that one, we highly recommend you go onto our website on Wednesday to check out the podcast. It'll be on www.kpulpit.co.za under the 180 Degrees podcast tab. But for now... We've got some facts for you guys. This fact I stumbled across because a friend of mine sent it to me on Twitter of all places. And I can't wait to share it with you guys. Tell us this fact, Zoe. We are dying, (laughs) guys. Zoe has been raving about this fact. I'm so interested. So the the Ethiopian Bible is the oldest and most complete original Bible on earth. It was 
they literally have like the copy of it. I saw a picture of it. It was written on goat skin in the early Ethiopian language of Gies, spelled G-E, comma, E-Z. It is also the f- world's first illustrated Bible. I saw it. They do be pictures in it. And the Ethiopian Bible dating back to about the Garminian II was written in about 390 to 570 um, AD. Um, and during the invasion, it was destroyed. Actually, The Italian invasion, there was a fire in the monastery in the 1930s to destroy the church. But this Bible actually survived, which is amazing. Wow. And like, it's like Bible Bible or the version of a Bible? Well, it's actually interesting how a lot of people don't realize how instrumental Africa was for the beginning of Christianity. They mm. say that the reason why Ethiopia was never colonized was because it was already a Christian nation, mm. which is the ma- I'm using air quotes, y'all, because I know they were looking for spices. But one of the main reasons colonization happened was because a lot of these European countries wanted to spread the word of Christianity to the people in the areas they were going to. And that's one of the reasons why, like I said, Ethiopia was never colonized. And they have their, I was reading about it and they said, because it was written in their original language, not Greek, which Mm. I don't know what the Bible was originally written in, but I think it was Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, maybe Latin. But this is a more... Because of the translation, it is a more, they say, accurate version of what really happened. Because obviously, when you translate things from a language, certain terms and things do not translate very well. Because Mm. there's no English or French or Italian alternative for what they mean. So they say that this is one of the most accurate like descriptions of the original Bible. Because it dates back all those years ago. Wow, that is so... Interesting. Yeah, especially to think that it comes from Ethiopia. Like generally we think of the birthplace of Christianity, maybe Catholicism, as being from Rome or Greece or even, I guess, the Middle East. Mm. But it's interesting to see how instrumental places like even Egypt can be to Christianity. Yeah, that's so awesome. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Thank you, Zoe, for that. Tell that to the next person that tells you that Christianity is not for Africans because Christianity is for everyone. But yeah, let's go straight on into the mystery Bible quiz. So we're in the mystery Bible quiz section of the show, you guys. We just came off a Bible fact and we have a question for you guys. So... As we all know, the center of our lives, the center of our religious beliefs is a man called Jesus Christ. Before he became the Jesus Christ, he was just a regular guy. So, I mean, he was. He was a carpenter. He lived with his parents. He had a social life. So how old was he when he began a ministry that was so powerful, it changed the face of the world we know today? Our entire societies have been built around Christianity. He, even the way we measure time is from his death, before his death and after his death. He had a very short time when he was in ministry, but he started very young. How old was he when he entered the ministry full time and a ministry that shook the earth to its core? If you have any idea how old he was, you can send us a WhatsApp at 081-729-1657. Alternatively, you can send us an SMS. Standard rates will apply. That SMS will go to 37988. If you want a clue, 
and I'm not likely to give you one in the future. But for now, I'm feeling generous. You know, I just started studying for my exams, you guys. I, I know what it's like to get a clue for a test. You can check Luke <laughs> Thank 3. Thank you for that generosity, <laughs> Zoe. <laughs> You're welcome. I try my best. But if you guys want to check it out, you can check Luke 3 verses 23. While we give you guys some time to respond to this mystery Bible quiz, we're going to play a quick song and then we'll be right back to say goodbye as well. So we just listened to a fantastic bop of a song, you guys. It gave you guys more than enough time to send us an answer to this week's mystery Bible quiz. Michaela and I had a bit of a discourse in the music break about what the potential answer could be. Guys, when it comes to age, I don't think Zoe understands what very young is. But I mean, okay. Like if you I don't think that people are that and let me just give you guys the answer because <laughs> there's no way to talk about this without it. The question was, how old was Jesus when he started his ministry? The ministry, not just any ministry. And if you look at Luke 3 verses 23, it says that he was air quotes about 30 years old, which I feel like even in this day and age is quite young. Guys, but also if you, young is like five, seven. No, that's like infantile. Like we, we literally said that at the age of five or seven, he went into the temple and he tuned yeah. the people. And that, that, that for me was young. He toddled into that temple first. Of all. But like 30, I'm not saying that 30 is old for all yeah. everyone that's 30. I'm on my way there Yeah, very soon, which is <laughs> sad. But I feel like 30 is, is old. It's not that old. I mean, like maybe back in those Guys, days. Guys, Zoe's 24. So I'm 23. Even worse. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> I think when she gets closer to that age, she'll realize, whoa, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's old at all. And I, I especially like if you look at the, how people were living to be like 900 years old back in those times. But you know what? If you guys feel like that's old, that's okay. You can send us your opinions to 0812. Seven two nine one six five seven. We love hearing from you, but maybe you should send that next week. We're at the bottom of the hour. There's a few minutes until eight o'clock. We have to say goodbye, which is so sad, guys. I hate it when we come to the end of the show because, like, I feel like I wait the whole weekend just to talk to you guys. Mm, yeah, it's a fun day. It's a Monday. We love being here, but you know, we had a very fantastic interview. Michaela told us some fun things to do because you know she's living her best life, and we love that for her. She gave us some fantastic tips that I want to put into practice. And then we spoke to an incredible woman about something she's doing for the community and her beliefs and. Yeah. That has been fantastic. If you guys want to check this out, the show will be up by Wednesday on our website, www.kpulpit.co.za. You guys don't want to miss it. But we have to say goodbye for now. Stick around for the next youth show that plays afterwards with Brad Kirsten. He's going to have you guys a fun show. So for Michaela and Zoe, we are out. insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za